Open up your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And we're going to begin in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Father, help us as we open up your word, that we would open up our hearts, that we'd open up our lives for you to speak to us, for you to change us, for you to transform us, for us to find the victory that you've always meant, that we would be free in you, especially as we're dealing with our topic today. So Lord, move and work, help me. To speak your words more than that, help us to hear your voice beyond anything I say. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's possible that some of you this summer went to an amusement park. Anybody been to an amusement park this summer? There's, a, there's some hands. How many have been to one, period? All right. Okay. So we've been to amusement park. I, I want you to think about what's your favorite ride. And as you're thinking about rides and amusement park, let me tell you how our family worked at this. The way, way our family worked is kind of division of labor as we went. And Roberta went with the kids in certain rides and I went with the kids in the other rides. And uh, I don't do rides that go round and round and round and round, except maybe the merry-go-round. I'll do that. But the the rides that go round and round and round, it's not that I'm chicken. It's that I may have eaten chicken just before that. Okay? Are you with me? You kind of know I'm talking about the whole vertigo thing. So I don't do that. So that meant Roberta did the rides with the kids round and round, which means I got to do the rides that went up and down. That's right. I had to do the rides that went up and down, kind of like... Uh, oh. uh, so that means this kind of ride, okay? The whole drop. Now, you got to understand something. I am not a fan of heights. In fact, if for some reason you see me on a roof working, stay away because we both might go down. Uh, it's just this is not something, you know, and on something like this, I end up... You know, some people get butterflies. These are moss. These are pretty good-sized moss they, they in my stomach as I'm trying to deal with this. But, uh, you know, it, it's not bad. It's not like uh, I'm screaming like a girl uh, when I'm up there, okay? Uh, it's, it's not not that, but I'm, very, I'm basically, you know, I'm calm. And, 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 you know, well, how do you do that? Because that really does bother me to be up that high, but so you do that. Well, I just tell myself, don't worry. <laughs> like that works, <laughs> right? 
I mean, sometimes that's what you, you hear. That's what people are, are, uh, will say. Somebody who doesn't struggle with something, somebody who is not anxious about a certain thing will say to you, well, you just need to not worry. <laughs> okay, yeah, that works. Uh, the answer is not to stop worrying. The answer is to start doing something different. The answer is to start trusting. We might stop worrying, but the way we stop worrying is when we start trusting. And so when we're here with this, uh, here at this, we've got to trust the ride. got to trust the operators. got to trust the harnesses. got to trust that thing you pull down that I pull down really make sure it's tight. <gasps> you know, but it's there, you know, and you just got to say, I know some of you like, well, it's a little suspect trusting some of these places and rides. And all. Well, you know what? What we're talking about is trusting God. And there's nothing suspect about him. We can trust him. In the face of whatever we fear or worry or are anxious about. Today, what we're looking at is part two on the road from panic to peace. Last week, we talked about how we need to let go of control, to let go of the steering wheel, so to speak, with both hands. But today, what we're going to look at is realizing that we can travel from panic to peace when we trust the journey to Jesus. That's the step two. Is that we need to trust the journey to Jesus. Not just let go, but trust the journey to Jesus. What's that look like? First point we see is that we need to surrender our fears. We need to surrender our fears. First Peter chapter 5. This is what we've been talking, what we read earlier. It's where you go to here. As it talks about uh, the young man and submissive, and then then this part is want to get to here. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. Cast all your anxiety on him. Now, oftentimes we just read that, cast all your anxiety upon him, and that's what we need to do. But you've got to keep it in context because what happens before we're casting our anxiety on him is that we are casting ourselves upon him. In a sense, we are humbling ourselves before him. That's what it's talking about. Not to be proud, but to humble ourselves before him, to submit ourselves to him, to surrender to God. Our very lives, and then to surrender To him, all the rest of what that means. To surrender, not just to say, I'm going to cast my cares on him. That's not enough. Before that, we need to actually give up control and allow him to be in the driver's seat. It's one thing to take your hands off the wheel. It's another thing to say, Jesus, you drive. It's another thing to trust the journey to Jesus. Hudson Taylor a uh, famous missionary long ago to China founded the Overseas uh, Mission Fellowship, OMF, uh, says this, let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all right into God's hands. And then when we have given over all to him, there will be nothing left for us to be troubled about. Makes sense, doesn't it? It's a surrendering. Surrendering of your surrendering our all. It's Psalm 28 says, verse 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart 
trusts and I am helped because all to Jesus I surrender. Now, there are a lot of calming things and activities that people say that you can do to help you feel more peaceful. You know, do this or just go for a walk or we talk about listening to music. We talk about all these kind of things that might be what to help us to feel more peaceful. But none of those things will bring perfect peace. Perfect peace only comes from God, which is why last week when we were talking about the road from panic to peace, remember the map? We're going to go from panic all the way over here to uh, to peaceful valley, it says up there, if you can't read that, uh, peaceful valley. This is the world's way. The world's way is, you know, you, you shouldn't be panicked, but you need to just go someplace where you can feel peaceful. Just go get to a place, whether it's an actual place or it's just a place in your own mind where you could just be peaceful. But it doesn't work because that place doesn't stay peaceful. What we need to do is travel from panic to the Prince of Peace and not an actual place, but an actual person to the Prince of Peace himself. Surrendering our life to him, recognizing that there is no way. The first 10 years. Recognizing there is no way for us to be able to do this without him. Here's the thing. You you can't have this peace of God unless you are at peace with God. We're looking sometimes to say, God, I want to give you my cares. Uh, I want to give you my anxieties and please give me peace. I want this peace of God. But until you actually make peace with God, you're not going to experience it. That begins with making peace with God, recognizing that we are enemies, that we are all sinners, and that we need the Savior, Jesus. But not only the Savior, but as our Lord, as the one that we are able to turn it all over to, surrender that driver's seat over to. Because it is possible to have a worry-free life as long as we realize it is not possible to have a trouble-free life. And sometimes we don't get that. It is possible to have a worry-free life. It's just not possible to have a trouble-free life. We see this in Jesus. Think about it. Did Jesus have to... I mean, he came to this earth. We think, oh, everything went well for him. Did he have to deal with trouble? Did he have to deal with trials? He did. He faced pressures and problems. How about at the Garden of Gethsemane in Mark chapter 14, that night that he was betrayed? We read in verses 33-36 there about how he comes and he says his, it says that he was deeply distressed, deeply troubled. My heart is overwhelmed. And what does he do? One, we know he does not sin in worry or anxiety. The answer for Jesus in that moment was he went to the Father and surrendered. He said, God, here's the way it is. Let this cut past, but not my will, but yours be done. He surrendered 
that which he was facing so that it did not win. It did not take over. i show you a video of a person who uh, experienced a number of these things, dealing with trust. The first 10 years of my life were incredibly challenging um, because when I was 18 months old, I was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma. So the doctors decided that the only way I was truly going to be able to survive was amputating my left leg. Since I was diagnosed with cancer at such a young age and the treatment that I was given really takes a toll on your body and a lot of women can't have children after that and I was one of those women. For the first time in my life I think it hit me and uh, I really understood that I was going to be missing out on something that I had dreamed about my entire life. I was always afraid that no man would accept me in a way that a wife wants to be accepted physically, you know, intimately. That was a huge deal for me because I was now dating this man who we were talking about marriage and looking at him and knowing that I lacked something that he wanted was detrimental to the way that I saw myself. My husband and I were married and on the fourth month, I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. In the fifth month of my pregnancy, I was told by a doctor that I had a heart condition that was um, critical and that if I did not abort my child, that it would claim my life. I have never felt so confused, so bitter, so afraid in that moment because I was terrified. I didn't want to die. And this was my child, and I knew that it was my duty to protect her the way that the Lord had sheltered me and protected me for so long against everything that the world had thrown at me. And so we decided that we were keeping Ellie, my daughter, even if that meant me not being alive. We were going to trust God every single minute of every day. You know, the months follow, and I get bigger and bigger, and Ellie kicks stronger and stronger, and uh, we have her, and she's healthy and it was wonderful. It was the most amazing day of my life because I saw a miracle that I was told would never happen come true. And then two days later, I was trying to go to sleep and I felt like I was suffocating. And so I called my doctor and she said, you need to come in right now. She looked at me and she said, Jordan, you're going into heart failure. I felt like the rug was being pulled out from underneath me. I had this beautiful child, I have this home, I have this husband, and now it's gone. Me being able to watch her grow into the woman that I wanted was gone. And I remember I was at church one Sunday and I was feeling weak and I just threw my hands up and I said, are you listening to me? Do you hear me? I am asking you for help and you are silent. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I'm going to keep allowing things to happen until you trust me. Are we there yet? And about two weeks ago, I was sitting on this couch and I got a phone call from a doctor and he said, Jordan, your heart is healing and we don't know why. And now I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I've seen too much of him to not trust him. I feel like he's brought me to a place of surrender, of peace, that my trust looks a lot like that. It looks a lot like surrender. I trust him because I know him. 
Where are you at? As you think about her story, the way to travel from panic to peace is to just trust Jesus for the journey. Not just trust Jesus for what you're dealing with right in that moment, but to surrender, not just that that you're going through, but to surrender the whole thing. To trust Him for the whole journey. And that is a journey that sometimes has ups as well as downs. Are those fears, worries, and anxieties that, that you need to surrender to Jesus? What are the ones that you need to have? Here's what I did at the bottom of your sermon notes, and if you may not have your sermon notes, but you can work with that, is to today decide that you want to surrender. You're going to let go of this, and you're going to not just let go of it with both hands, we talked about last week, but you're actually going to give it and surrender it and trust Jesus for the journey. So at the bottom of those papers or some paper that you have, just to write that down today as the Lord, and I say as the Lord is speaking to you, The reality is the Lord doesn't have to speak to most of you about what you're anxious about and what you have trouble trusting him about, right? And the Lord doesn't have to speak to you to say you need to surrender that. He already has spoken to you. The question is, will you do that? At the end of the message when the worship team comes, we'll give you that opportunity to come and to bring that into the bag of worries. I recognize some of you have a whole bag of worries at home someplace. I need to have all of those that you would just give, surrender to the Lord. But we can't just stop there. It's not enough to just surrender to the Lord. Then if we're really, truly trusting in Jesus for the journey, then is when we get to that next point of the message. You get to the next next point of how we need to sit back In faith. You see, there's a difference between sitting back in faith and resting in peace versus always sitting at the edge of your seat, reacting with worry and anxiety at every single turn. Yes, Jesus has the wheel, so to speak, but we are on the edge of our seat the whole ride. We need to trust. Psalm 9, verse 10 says, Those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. I understand. We believe. Most of us here today would say we believe the facts with our head. The problem is we do not trust with our hearts full of faith of what God can and will do. We read in 1 Peter 5, verse 7 here, it says, To cast all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Because he cares for us. That's the reason we can sit back in faith and rest in peace. To relax that God's got this. He is not only a better driver than we are. But he cares deeply about us and what happens to us. He is a good, good father. Do you believe that? Do you believe God is a good, good father? Maybe say, well, yes, of course, we, we believe that. As you think about fathers, what do we say about a father who does not provide for the family in a sense of uh, of totally neglectful? I don't mean provide like everybody's got to have a, 
a TV and a car and an iPod and all that kind of stuff. All right, that's not Friday. But the needs of a family, a father that doesn't protect the family, a father that, that really doesn't do much of anything to take care of his family, we would say that is a bad father. Except in those cases where there's things that are beyond his control, that he's tried, he has the love for his family, but he, he just doesn't have the power that he needs to be able to provide and do everything that needs to happen for his family. But see, that's where the analogy breaks down because God has both the love and the power that is needed for us and to bring about whatever needs to take place. In our life. The problem is. We don't trust that. I mean we can say. Do you believe God is a good good father. But the real question is. Do you trust. That God is a good good father. And the answer to that question. Is not something you just say yes or no. The answer to that question is. Are you worried? Are you anxious? Are you fearful? If so then you do not trust He is a good, good father. Because in a sense, we're saying, well, God, I don't think that you can help with this. I don't think that you can protect me in this. God, I don't think that you can provide for me in this. And what do we call somebody who can't protect and can't provide, even though they could? A bad father, not a good father. Recognize what we're saying towards God. Do you trust God is a good, good father? Those are two different questions. Do you trust God? Talk about trusting. And if we do, then we will be able to sit back in faith. You know, this whole sitting back in faith reminds me of an exercise called a, a trust fall. How many have ever heard of that? I mean, anybody participated in a trust fall before? Okay, that's great. I, I, I want to have a volunteer that's maybe that's participated in a trust fall before. Like, come forward. All right, who wants, who wants to volunteer? I'm looking for somebody. Okay, Dana. There you go. All right. We got the V. All right. So Dana, all you have to do is just right now, just come up here and stand right here. All right. And you are ready. And and for those who have not seen this or done it for, what happens is, you know, he would go turn backwards and don't do it yet. All right. Don't do it yet. Is he would fall back and trust that the person behind him would catch him. You can't really see him. You can't really tell. But it was just a trust that he would be caught. Okay? Okay, you can turn back this way. That's just so everybody knows. Now, here's the thing. I've got somebody picked out. To, I didn't know who was going to volunteer, but I do have a volunteer to catch. Uh, Aaron, come on up here. Okay. This is why I go against my wife's wisdom. <laughs> okay. Now, is there a problem? There's something like that. Okay, well, all right, it, it, you're a little concerned about Aaron being able to do that. Uh, there might be some concern because he's still small. And okay, yeah, that that could be. Well, maybe maybe you could maybe I could be the one to catch you, and that would be a little better. Or wait, I got another volunteer who's going to help. Uh, Dave, come on up here. Okay. Uh, you, Aaron, you can stay here. Stay up here. We're, we're going to give him a choice. All right. Dave, come on over this way. All right. Here you go. You've got, Air, you've got Dave, me, and Aaron. 
Which one would you like to catch you? Okay. Okay. So why didn't you pick Aaron? He's okay. John, doesn't he help at home? Number of things. Strong young man. And you didn't pick me, your pastor, who, who just took you in as a member. Okay. You picked Dave. Why did you pick him over us? Okay. He's bigger... He's bigger and stronger. I'll give you that. Now, see, here's the thing as we're thinking about this illustration that deals with God. Which one of us, therefore, would be the illustration of who God is? It's not Aaron. It's not me. It would be Dave, right? (laughs) Of the three of us. All right, no comments from his family. Uh. They, because we believe that God is big and strong and he's able to catch us. However, which of these three illustrate not what we believe, but what we trust? Remember, I just said there's a difference between believing that God is good, believing that God can catch you versus trusting. The reality is for some of you here today, your view of God and your worries and your problems and your anxiety is Aaron. God might as well just be a small little child with the amount of trust that you are putting in him. Are you with me? Now, here's the thing. Aaron, you can't go sit down now. Here, here's, here's the thing. This is, in some ways, this trustful is a good illustration, but it's not the best way to think about how we trust God. So here's what we're going to do. All right, so come on over here. All right. Now, stand right there. Do you trust that Dave is going to catch you? I hope so. <laughs> okay, you're missing the illustration. So. Okay, okay. There, there, there's, I mean, it's okay to be honest, but the point of illustration is we need to trust and then we're going to fall back. No, no, wait a minute. That's not really the point of the illustration. I mean, the point is trusting. But the real way, I mean, you're trusting because you know Dave, not only is big and strong, but you know Dave's behind you. And there is a bit of faith that you do have to, I mean, there's a bit of faith, but you're pretty sure he will. So here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I want you to do, and don't do it quite yet, but I'm just giving you a forewarning. When I count to three, I want you to fall forwards, and Dave will catch you. (laughs) Are are you having trouble with this one? Because how many of you, let's just, let's not put Dana on, on spot. How many of you would have trouble if you said, I want you to fall forward? Right? I want you to fall forward. Okay, I'm willing to have a little faith and fall backwards into what I know is strong, but I, it doesn't make sense to fall forward. How in the world is Dave going to catch him? How is that going to work? How is that going to happen? And, and he can try, but it's probably going to get damaged. So we don't want to do that. So here's where our difficulty is. We're okay with a little bit of faith. 
We're okay with leaning back when we know God is right there behind us. But when things don't make sense, when we can't figure out which way God is driving and where he's going, we, he's basically saying, fall forward. I'll catch you. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got the back, backwards bad enough. But you're asking me to fall forward and I don't even see you. This is the trust that he's looking for. All right, thanks both of you guys. You don't actually have to do it. Thank you. <laughs> See, where we have our, our, our difficulty and where we have our problem is when we don't understand how God can do this. We, it doesn't make sense what he's doing. It doesn't make sense how this can ever work out. That is when we need to sit back in faith and rest. The problem is we say we've surrendered control. We want uh, Jesus to, uh, to drive. We're okay with him driving. But as soon as he starts making a turn, then we don't know where he's going. As soon as we don't understand how he's going, we're like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Why are you going this way, Jesus? Why, why is this? This doesn't make any sense. And those are the times... That we need to remember this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him for he will make your path straight. To trust in him. Now, I, I kind of skipped over for a time, but I, I just say quickly. To say that we are to rest, to say that we are to sit back in faith does not mean we do nothing. Trust does not mean sit back and do nothing. There are things that you need to do. We read in Matthew chapter 6 last time about how God takes care of the birds of the field. They don't have to worry about worms. But do they have to do something to get them? Okay, there, there is something that God is going to ask you to do something that you do, but that is not what brings about the worms. God brought the worms. And so we need to stop worrying about the worms of life and all that we're going to have. But to recognize there's things we've got to do. And sometimes some of those things that we've got to do is for some people is that they need to take some medications to help them. As it goes along these lines with, with the mental or emotional uh, difficulties, anxiety, and things like that. The problem is we have Christians that will say, yeah, you need to just trust. Just sit back, just trust. God, don't be taking that medication. But for some reason, I never hear Christians telling that to the person with the heart condition or diabetes. Are you with me? We don't say to the person with the broken leg, hey, buddy, you just need to trust God. There's something you got to do. Yes, you do need to trust that God is the healer and he will heal you. And there's a number of ways that he can do that. But let's allow that to recognize there are things that he's asked for us. And, and what we do as we move forward to sit back in the ride and, and to allow uh, what God is doing and where he's taking you. And that journey can be pretty wild because think about it. 
in Matthew chapter 8, the disciples were gathered to, with Jesus and, and Jesus says, follow me. And, and then they say, okay, uh, we'll follow you. And he gets in the boat and then they get in the boat. And then after they get in the boat and he's in the boat, they're out on the Sea of Galilee. A big storm happens and he's asleep. They're panicking. But he wants to, but he's in peace. Now, here's the thing. Here's the point of that. That's a whole other story. But the point is, how in the world did they get out there on that sea where the storm threatened to tip the boat over? Why were they out there? Because Jesus got in the boat and led the way. Jesus says we're going out. Sometimes God drives us through the storm. It doesn't make sense. But you need to fall forward in those moments. Sometimes God will bring us through those times. The anxious times that blessed is he who sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. Don't fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought. You see, it's not always where he's driving. It doesn't always make sense. It's not always... It's just a blessed and perfect kind of place. We need to trust Him. Whatever it might be, wherever we're at. How do you trust God? Ask the worship team to come. As they lead us in this song of surrender... Your step may be that you need to surrender something. You need to just, I just symbolically writing that down and rocking it up in the bag of worries. But here's the thing. This could be a, a, a good exercise of surrendering, of laying at the altar, those things that we're anxious and worried about. But I'd like some of you who really don't want to be challenged about this to say today, after I drop that in, if this next week you start being worried and anxious about that again, that means you picked it back up. So next week I want you to come back and take it out of the bag. And decide whether I'm going to surrender that again. Am I really going to do this? And continue to do that. Maybe this is something you could do at home. Like I'm just going to put my worries here. And I'm going to put them someplace where it's inconvenient for me to get to. And between me and God, I'm going to hold myself accountable that next time I worry, I'm going to go back and get that out and said, God, I have not let go. I took it back. Today, surrender. Father, lead us in this. Help us in this moment to surrender to you and to be able to just sit back and trust no matter which way you drive, no matter how much it may not make sense. Help us to trust the journey to you, Jesus, in your name.